And we gather today saying we love you. We want to know you more. Lead us in your way. We pray this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. So you might not be able to see because it's all the way down here, uh, at least online and everybody here. Yeah, you definitely can't see that. I would pick it up, but I'd ruin everything. Actually, those are online you might already know that like, the feed dropped out like, just after we started it. Guess who was to blame for that one? Yeah, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so what we are looking at is Romans 12, 1 to 2. Uh, but we're actually going to jump back a little bit for Romans 11, 33. That's where we're going to start. So if you want to open up your apps, open up your Bible, and uh, follow along, or just trust me as I read this to you. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of riches, of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable is his judgments, and his path beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, verse 12, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So from this passage, there's kind of like three points. It's a classic pastoral thing that I'm going to go through here. Is first is it starts with perspective. That's why we started at verse 11. Then it moves us into a direction, and then it helps us engage in the process. So we start in verse 1133, because that is the first step of our, our building prayer. We have this passage that talks about transformation of our minds. But we don't get to this transformation if we don't understand the transfer of our being. So verse 21, verse 1, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, or even mercies, there's, there's some translations where they, they bring it into mercies, but today we're going to be going with what it says here, God's mercy, in view of God's mercy. Now this, this mercy is a huge factor. This is a huge moment that you may have heard of if you've been around church. It is the transfer of us into God's family. All right, it's his big mercy that he has moved us from one place, which is what transferring is, and put us into another. This is where our faith as Christians is, is founded in, is that God has done something and has changed everything. Right? We went from being enemies of God. If you read through scriptures, it says that we were enemies. Once enemies of God, to now being friends, to being a child of God, to being beloved. We in our culture like to think that we are like neutrally somewhere and that you know, maybe God would like come in here and just like nudge you towards good, a little bit more good. And that's all that like faith or spirituality or religion does is just helps you nudge from neutral to better. But if we look through scripture and if you look on the internet, you see like there's, there's this issue with neutrality is that it's not that neutral. And we, as, as beings, have been living counter to what God has desired for us. We, we lived in death and rebellion. We lived in defiance of the one true God. And God takes us from that point 
and transfers us into his family, to being one that he beloves. So in light of this mercy, right, the, that is a big thing. It's not just like, hey, yeah, like you were, you're decent, but I uh, got you some sneakers, now it's all good. Like, that's a, a mercy, yeah, like who knows whatever type of shoes he got you, whatever kind of thing, nice things that God has poured out on you. Like, there's been a lot of them in your lives, and there's more to come. But it's in light of this big mercy that we were once enemies, now we find ourselves at his table, not with him angry at us, but cherishing the moments that we are with him. So we know that this is the, the big transfer, but we also need to look at the, the direction that this transfer has taken us. Right? For us to live out our previous lifestyle in this new department doesn't work out. Right? We had a different way of life. We had a different process. We had different priorities. We have different gods, different... We might have even been the priority, the God of our own lives. And that does not work out in this transfer. If you've ever worked in a place where somebody comes in from another department and they try to do the things from a different way, there's conflict, there's challenges, and that's just not the way of God's kingdom. Ultimately, as we engage in this transfer, this, this being of his family, this being in his way, being his church, there's new challenges of it in our lives. I'm sure we've all seen that. But we know that it's working towards his vision, which is why we need to orient ourselves to his direction. Right? Before that, we had life. Absolutely, we experienced things. We experienced moments. But now we have a new filter to work through. Uh, ability to look at a moment like this past week that you've had and ask a question. God, where were you? And sometimes that question comes with a lot more uh, passion, a lot more desire, a lot, a lot more of a need to see him meet that with an answer. But here's the thing. Is as we pray, we have the opportunity to be orienting towards what God is saying, not just making it up for him. Oh, like, sure, I, like, I had a really hard week. Like, something came apart, or somebody's life is falling apart, and it's ripping me apart. I can try to assume what God is doing in that moment. Or I can come as a child and say, God, I don't know why this happened to my friend. Lord, I don't know why this moment in my life keeps reoccurring. I don't know why that happened to me back then. And we know that he meets us with love. We may not hear the answer right away. We may not have a clear picture of what he's doing. But if we spend time long enough with him, he's going to orient us towards himself, towards what he is doing, allowing us to have moments of his love seep in to the broken moments that we may not have clarity on this side of existence too. So we see that God is moving us towards himself. That as we understand the big mercy that he has done, that there's nothing that we in ourselves can do, he's placed us into his family to orient us towards him. As we pray, we are continually taking that step towards him. We are orienting ourselves in partnership with him. Uh, just last night, I was reading, uh, I believe it's Eugene Peterson's talking about Greek. So you're excited about this one, right? Yeah, Rebecca's excited about this one, Greek. There was like three tenses that he struggled, well, two of them he got. He had the active tense. He's like, oh man, like the active tense. I am doing something, right? Outreach Sunday, we understood the active tense of our faith. We did something. There's a passive tense where we know that something is done to us, right? We know that in this, God has taken us from a spot and put us in another spot. God has done that. We have experienced in our own life people doing things to us. 
but he struggled for years, he says, that this middle voice, it's in the Greek, which isn't quite active and isn't quite passive, it's something mixed in the middle. He struggled with it because he's like, I don't understand how that works, where both parties are active. And that is what our faith is really is, is it's not just that God has done all these things, or not just that we have done these things, that we find ourselves in the middle voice moment in Greek, where we are both actively acting. I sought counseling, right? The counselor acts upon us, but I also engaged in this. That middle voice is our faith when we pray. It's not just I am praying to God, or that God is just making me pray. It's that in that middle voice, we have a moment where God is acting, and we are acting in this complex situation where it's not just one or the other. It's actually both of us bringing something together in a relationship. And so we see in verse 21 too is that there's a change in pattern. And in our culture, in our, in our Western church, we may not have seen that change in pattern as, as clearly as many times in history. And there's many times in history that change in pattern isn't, wasn't towards God's pattern. And so it even gets complicated in that. But as we look at our faith, we see that God wants to move us from being the beings of judgment, being beings of enemies, being ones that are against God, being ones that are living out anything other than his kingdom, and bring us into his family and allow us to be beings that are partnering with him. He likes to have us at the table, not just to serve us, but to work alongside us, to show us the land, to show us the way that he desires the kingdom to be. He wants to help our hearts embrace the patterns and rhythms of life that he designed creation to live into. Now, when I was at the gym, there's a thing called a bicep curl. Uh, Tucker, we know that guy knows that. Right, a bicep curl. Tucker, does bicep curls engage like your entire body? <laughs> right? If it is, you're not doing it right. Right? For those that are less uh, gymly like me, like, you see people like doing this full-on thing, right? Like, this is your bicep. It's not connected to your calf. Like, it's part of the same unit. But if you're not engaging in it in the right way, you're not doing the exercise appropriately. Right? Let's, let's look at the, uh, the idea of touching your toes. Like some people might be thinking like right now, like that's not going to ever happen again. Yeah, Tucker, go ahead. Go ahead, Tucker. I see you moving towards us. Can you do it today? Go ahead, man. Yeah, let's see this. Right there. Tucker's got this. It's, it's an action. I'm not going to make everybody do that because well, actually at home you guys can do that. Show it off to whoever you're at home with. That's touching the toe. Somebody could walk up to you today and say, hey, like I just did to Tucker. Touch your toes and you're like, that is unreasonable. <laughs> like, that ain't ever happening again. And that's kind of what a lot of us feel like when it comes to spiritual growth. Is that, like, yeah, there was a time in my life where I could touch my toes. Where, for some of us, where we could see them, right? Like, this, this is a process where we have moved away from, from something that was once possible. But here's, like, the gym, if someone came to you with a goal of touching your toes, you wouldn't get it overnight. Now, you might get injured overnight, but you wouldn't just have it. It's like yoga. It's a, a thing that builds on top of each other to eventually allow you to stretch and use a full range of motion. I think a lot of us in our faith, I'm not going to say everybody because that's rude, but a lot of us in our faith aren't living in the full range of motion, that we are engaging with biceps with all of our being, which is good if it's worship, right? We want a, all of our being, but biceps are just a specific spot. 
And touching our toes is a process. So as we are going into this year, we want to build. We want to build on the foundation that God has given us, the place that he has put, put, put us. But we don't want to just sit in that one spot. We want to see his life, his kingdom grow. We want to see the range of motion come into our being, to live in a way that is different than before our decision to follow Christ, before the moment that we understood that God's love was so great that he was merciful, taking us from enemy to friend, but not just a friend, a child of his, a beloved child, which is great on a, a child dedication Sunday to, to look at, like, parents love kids. Like, if you want to love a parent, you love their kid. That's our kids' ministry is entire based on that. It's how do we love parents? We give them time to hear something or just be away from their children. Right? So we, we see that this, this faith story is one that isn't just a set it and forget it. That it's kind of like a gym routine where you, you have to put in some effort and you meet God in that middle active voice. It's not just that I do all the religious things and I become better. God is meeting us as we do that. So we get to walk alongside him, and it's step-by-step process of slowly finding a better range of motion, like I can touch my teeth. My, my teeth? I can touch my knees. There it is. Oh, that's great. I'm going to be a meme. So I can touch my teeth, just for the internet's sake. I can touch my knees. But it's also an encouraging relationship. It's not just about making you do something. Right? That's why you quit a gym membership if you had somebody just like forcing you to do stuff that you didn't want to do. You're like, I'm not paying money for this. But in our relationship, we should be encouraged. We should be, be seeing God meeting us because we are in prayer. And a lot of our faith has been lived out in spots that weren't really prayer-filled. I can say that. Like it's busy. It's all kinds of things go on. We get distracted. We had 17 months of not even able to gather. Like it's going to disrupt us. But our first step and our next step, and every step, is one that we should be bathing in prayer. It doesn't have to be like the four-hour prayer. Like, if that's your thing, do it. That's awesome. But it could be that 13 second. Like, God, I don't, I don't know how this day is going to go. I just, I just need you to show up. That kind of prayer. It could be the end of the day as you're going to bed. God, I want you to sift through this and help me know how to live in your kingdom tomorrow. In verse 12, or chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, back in the ancient days when like, this text was written, religion got messy, believe it or not. Right? I know it's hard to believe that religion got messy, but it did. And some, some scholars, some commentaries are saying that Paul, at this point, is identifying that messiness, the, the, the challenges in the, the religious system, because there was abuse and there was like, awkward reinterpretations of what, what was going on as sacrifice that people would engage with it not actually in the heart, but out of the duty. That they, they entered into this model of this picture, kind of like a, a mob boss, as maybe a relevant picture that everybody's seen or most people have seen a, a movie where there's a mob boss about to do something bad, but he goes by the church and says, Father, forgive me for I'm about to sin. And others are like, oh no, it's getting like deep. Oh, like, right? like it's this religious manipulation. We're like, yeah, like we, we paved the parking lot here at the church, and now it's all good. This, this is what's going on with this religious sacrifice system. And Paul is trying to orient us. It's not about just sacrificing. It's about living your life with your heart for God. This is the classic uh, good heart's law. 
is the second that a measurement becomes the goal, it's no longer a good measurement. Like if I asked you guys to rake my leaves and I'd give you $10 a bag, all right, you'd, you'd start out, you'd rake the leaves, 10 bucks a bag. Then you're like, well, like, did you really clarify like, what size bag? It would be like maybe a few, few days, few weeks, or whatever, before the bag starts showing like Ziploc bags with like six leaves in there. Right? As soon as the, the, the metric is the goal, it's no longer a good metric. So in, in our faith, as soon as we think that these practices are things that we have to do, they no longer become the good metric for us. The goal is to know Jesus, to allow him to shape us with these practices, with these exercises, the bicep curls, the toe stretching, whatever it is that God is guiding us through, that is not the goal. The thing is not the goal. The goal is Jesus, to know him, to be shaped by him, to be led by him, to be living our lives in a way that is shaped by the patterns of the kingdom and loving Jesus. So as we look at this, we understand that knowledge helps shape us. Knowledge in itself is not the goal. It isn't just about having a Bible study. While Bible studies are good, stretches are good, bicep curls are good, it is a mode that allows us to be restored and to be transformed, but just having a study in itself is not enough. Outreach Sundays, right, like this good service project for other people, it is a way. It's not enough. It's not the goal. Our goal isn't just to do good in the community. It's a byproduct. It's a pathway where we get to partner with God in his kingdom in living it out. Fellowship and community, like that's what we love. Potlucks when they're back, like they in themselves are not the goal. The goal is to embrace life with Jesus and fellowship and community are ways that we can engage with that. It's once again like touching our toes, a slow process. These are things that add into our, our full range, our mobility as a believer but they aren't the goal. It might be worth even identifying which one of these are, are more you're, you're leaning. Are you a person that would just like study all the time? Or that you do the, it's our community, like the potluck one, I, I should have saw that coming. Right? The, is it all about just fellowship and we never find time to grow in these other ways? When I go to the gym, I, uh, I have a routine. I have two routines. I have lower body day and upper body day. And I rotate between them. Now, I can tell you something, and I will. Just leaving this little pause here just to hook you, and I'm thirsty. I guarantee you I would be in a lot better shape if I let somebody else control my exercises. That when I go to the gym, I choose, I select even the ones that I like more than others, and I do less time on the ones I don't like. And so while it is good, and you guys can all say, like, you're looking great. It's been a week. I know, I know. But when I have the control and the power, I choose the easier way out. I do. When we look at our spiritual journey, we might be doing the same thing. Maybe it's actually prayer is the hardest part for us, and that's why we just stick to the doing of the things. Maybe we're, like, terrified of studying, and we don't want to engage with that, or whatever, whatever these modes are. They're not the goal. They're part of the process. And here's a beautiful thing. It's not on you. Right? God wants to partner with us. It's the act of middle voice. Right? He has sent his spirit, the counselor, to dwell inside us, to, to guide us, to speak to us, and to call us out on our stuff, to lead us to the things, the exercises we would not do 
because he loves us, because he wants to see our lives transformed. He wants to build his kingdom here before he does anything out there. He wants to see us become the embodiment of his image in creation here and now. He's, he's not worried about whether we get into heaven or not. He knows. He's done this. He's done the transfer into his kingdom. And now we have the opportunity to partner with him as he builds his life in ours. I'm going to share a video. Um, it's a worship video just to give you guys time to reflect, to engage with it. But I'm going to give, before we do that, a, a little passage from Philippians 1.6. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it through to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. All this doesn't rely on us. We get to, sweet snowfall, we get to engage with it, we get to practice things, we get to pray through it. And this year, we want to see God growing every one of us. It would be a shame if we get one year around the, the sun, one year around the calendar, and we haven't been growing. And it's not because you didn't try hard enough. That's fair. It is us engaging in prayer to see God do his work, and us responding step by step by step. And God is good, and gracious, and loving. He'll show up at our door. He'll take us to the gym. He'll show up in our workplace. He'll show up in our families. And he'll guide us through the moments where we're like, yeah, it's not my pattern. But we have to be open. We've got to be listening. And allow him to engage with us as we seek transformation in our lives. So here's a worship song. Feel free to pray. Feel free to sing. Feel free to just embrace it. And I'll be back up in a few moments and I'll pray over us at the end.
I didn't remember there was clapping at the end. So the prayer for you today is not one I get to pray. It's up to you. I get to pray for me today. You for you. If my words are similar to yours, follow them along. If your words are different, share your heart with God. Because as we pray, God hears us. And today we want to be seeing God build his kingdom in us. So for me, Father, I want to know you. I want to see your love for me. I want to see your kingdom embracing my heart, my life, my family, my work. Lord, I want to see your patterns take root in my life. I want my heart to want what you want. I want my steps to be in your way. Lord, I want to know that you are with me. Lord, I pray this as your child. I want to love you more. Amen. So that is our time together. If that prayer was your prayer, I would love to see God doing that in your life. If your prayer is different, I would love for God to continue to meet you and grow you and build your life on him. We'll see you next week. We have a prayer summit Sunday. It's going to be different for you online. We're going to have an asynchronous practice Uh, for you here. There's going to be some unique stands, opportunities to engage in prayer. So that is this week. It's been great to see you.